Thank you for joining us for Under the Water Tower, a ministry of Fellowship Baptist Church located under the city water tower on Mormon Mill Road in beautiful Marble Falls, Texas. We don't just love the Bible, we love talking about the Bible and talking about how the Bible informs our life in this world. We've also been known to talk about snacks. Recording here in the sanctuary today are Joni Wallach, Misty Graham, Daryl Fishbeck, and I'm Jamie. Uh, we're glad that you're here with us. Uh, we're in officially in the dog days of summer now. It's August the 3rd as we record this. Um, I don't know where how it is where you're at, but here it's really hot and humid and nasty and hot. Hot? Does say hot? Hot. Already. The ground's hot. Yeah, it's just already hot. I walked the idiot dog to the park yesterday, and <laughs> I did the test where it's like, you know, you put your hand on the asphalt mm -hmm. to see if you can't hold your hand there for five seconds, you're really not supposed to walk your dog. <laughs> it was like four, four and a half, and I was like, he's fine. <laughs> uh, but oh. I was on the borderline. Poor Dobby. <laughs> oh, he was fine. It's not. He's going to be on one of those commercials one day. Like with this little feet all wrapped mm -hmm. up, you know, those, those commercials. Yeah. Sarah, like, why are you singing those <laughs> We rescued this dog from a horrible man. He gets in your purse and eats gummy bears, but he's sweet. We walked him to the park in the summer in Texas. What a horrible man. Well, anyone else can have him because he'll eat your underwear. Um... <laughs> But we're having a great morning so far. Uh, Joni has upped our snack game significantly. Go, Joni. Uh, so know. she's in charge of snacks all the time now. Yeah, we're just going <laughs> to... Wait, wait, wait. I vote yes. Um, and if you'd like to contribute to the snack fund, you can hit Joni up for that later. Uh, she brought in tacos. And uh, that's kind of... they were super, yeah. Uh, super well, we, super we don't... Good. Now, no. hold on. we got to be careful. They were delicious. Like, they were they super... Were super tacos. Yeah, uh, super good. <laughs> we're not throwing out any advertisements. Super soft tortillas. <laughs> they were delicious. Describing them. So what kind of taco did you get, Joni? Um, oh, I just see what I do when I order tacos is I find somebody else that like has ordered the same one. And I'll just say two of those. So I got whatever Daryl got. Sausage, egg, potato, and cheese. Mm. Wait, whoa, whoa. You don't really know what you want? No. Mm-mm. <laughs> She's making I just, it easy. She's I just, trying to I'm make just it like easy. two of those. Like whatever Amory gets, I just get another one of those. Like you know, I read. I read I'm really I, confused by your decision making. I process. saw something this morning that said a lot of billionaires, and I don't know if there's any truth to this. I just saw it and I thought it was interesting. Wear the same, in essence, the same clothes every day, like a t-shirt or something. But they're they're identical. Mark Zuckerberg. Yes, mm -hmm. because it limits their decision. It's one less yep. decision they have to use brain power on each yes. day. So no brain power she's used. saving brain power in her decision. Okay, let, let's let, let, let's talk about that for a minute. If she's saving brain power, what are you spending that extra brain power on? Um, probably the podcast, making, <laughs> making sure I don't say anything Gear embarrassing this time. <laughs> you know. Well, what what if he had ordered something you didn't like? Then I would have gone with bean and cheese that Misty got. Yeah. I just got plain bean and cheese. Bean and cheese. Yours was close to mine. Delicious. Yes. I should have added bean to mine. Yes. I would, would you have gotten that if we would have added bean to mm -hmm. all of that? That's a yeah. game changer. Apparently she didn't even think about it. She yeah. just said, yeah. give me two of those. That means she's not picky. She's not a picky eater. So when you go to the restaurant, you always order the special? No, never the special because that's like yesterday's. Yesterday's. <laughs> like. So what you do if you're at a restaurant, you listen. I want 
three tables over, they were ordering something. Yeah. Give me what he brought. Yes. Or like when you see the waitress come over, then you're the like. server. Waitress is the You window shop. When you see the, <laughs> when you see the server come by, then it's like, what did, what you know, like what did they have? I yeah. I, I, need I, I, I like to see what everybody's ordering first. I'm like the last one to order because I want to see what everybody's ordering first because I might want something else. So right. I'm that person. They're, they're, everybody's waiting on me. And I don't okay, usually order what <coughs> Robert orders because usually, like, halfway through, we switch plates. It just kind of happens. Oh, so you get variety. You like, get he doesn't variety. eat a salad, and then I eat a salad, and he eats my rice and beans. or yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes Mrs. Greenbean and I, what we'll do is we'll order two dishes and then intentionally eat off of it. Yeah. Or, like, even, like, three appetizers. Mm -hmm. We make our own tapas kind of thing yeah. where you order three or four appetizers mm -hmm. and just eat off the small plates. That's fun. That's yeah, fine. I like that motif. Yeah. Misty got excited talking <laughs> about <Love> food. <laughs> then she it. just ate. Yeah. So, so you had what was yours then? Sausage. Sausage, egg, potato, and cheese. What if he? What if he and her and me had all gotten something you just did not want at all? Like, what, like chorizo. Taco chorizo is delicious. I don't think there's anything there that I wouldn't have eaten. There's no breakfast food. See, and that's the deal. No. She yeah. likes everything there, so it's not yeah. it. It's not mm, it. You I'm go just, ahead and challenge me on that. I'm just <laughs> 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 Next week he's going to be like, here's some like cow brain, uh, like <laughs> cow brain, cow brain <laughs> taco. Like you, you, went, you went really dark. <laughs> it, not on Monday because What's Monday's a non meat day for me. Menudo. Menudo. Yeah. Oh, I'm not eating that. Yep. <laughs> Menudo's in the same category as kimchi, right? It's in that same. I'm just not going to. And, and meatloaf. I, I'm meatloaf. not being. I'm not <laughs> I being, would eat a meatloaf taco. Like that, you would sounds, eat a meatloaf taco? that sounds delicious, oh, yeah. actually. Apologize, podcast <laughs> listeners. We have taken a dark turn this morning. Meatloaf taco. <laughs> it does sound delicious. Uh, okay, no. let's get going. Come on. No. All right, so we're in Colossians. Now, now I have a new definition for abomination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're in Colossians uh, chapter 3, right? 10 right. through 17. Someone needs to read those. Okay, let me do it. I'm ready right here. Say them again. Ten. Colossians 10 through 17. No, Colossians 3. Oh, 3, 10 three. through 17. Colossians 10. <laughs> Misty Which needs to sign cue cards. Was that the, the first four verses the first. or the last four verses? <laughs> Whatever. Just was, what you I think we edited that out. <laughs> we did. <laughs> okay, right. here we go. And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Amen. 
Good stuff. So um, this is a little different than last week. Last week we had the, like, don't be angry. Dun, but dun, dun. And that anger was totally tested, like, within five minutes of leaving here last week <laughs> um, when an appointment that was supposed to be, like, at 4.30 wound up at, like, 5.45. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. not not a happy camper. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. What did and, the podcast? And then you had to reflect back to yeah, yeah. What we had talked totally. about. It we wasn't learned. a church appointment, though. Right? It wasn't a church appointment. Okay. No, <laughs> it was a haircut because that's very important these days. Um, but um, so I so feel like did you tell them what you wanted Lawrence's hair to look like, or did you find another kid getting a haircut and say? I'll have one. I couldn't resist. I do that. <laughs> did you really? I do sometimes. So when you bought your car, did you just walk in? Well, he bought that one. That's the one that I want. <laughs> sometimes. Learning a lot about Joni today. Yeah. Joni. I just it, I try not to overthink it because if I yes. overthink it, it's too much. So, um, so I don't feel like we could have these verses without having those verses, like the contrast of the verses before. The putting so the these them and all. The, those. Mm-hmm. the these mm-hmm. and the those. Right. So vices and the virtues. He starts with the virtue. He starts with the vices. Right. Which is good because I think sometimes if you start with the virtues, then you never get to the vices. So last week we had the vices, but I don't know. I feel like sometimes if you like, it's really easy to just focus on those virtues. Like, hey, but they're more meaningful. I see what you're saying. They're more meaningful if you put them together. Right. Like you one going through hardships and then coming out the other side to see God's victory, it's more sweet after everything that you've been through. And I think that's, is that kind of what you're... Right, and there's just a huge contrast with, like, put all of these things away because this is what you're putting on. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't put on these new things without putting those old things away. Right, they don't go together. They can't But I think they're also kind of like litmus tests because when you see um, the vices, these are kind of like when we're living out of our own energy energy our own self our own willpower this is kind of in essence what it produces but when we're living out of <clears throat> christ in us and the resurrection power uh, this is kind of what it looks like or the fruit of it so to speak mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah yeah it seems to me like this section we, we stop before you get to <laughs> verse 18 so we're we're, we're just we're saving that next week's going to be a humdinger um but he starts with list, right? He, verse 11 uh, is that great star, underline, circle, highlight that one. But then he moves to all these things we're supposed to do. And he starts with a list, right? Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility. But he gets so wrapped up in it, by the time he finishes, I notice just from a literary perspective, he's actually giving descriptions. So I, I almost wish... He'd have done that with all of them, mm-hmm. like compassionate hearts. And then tell us what that means, the way he does with let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing with one another. He tells us what it means to let the word of Christ dwell in. I wish he had told us more about what he means with compassionate, compassionate. hearts. Right. Broad. That would have been much, much better. Right. Um, not, not that I'm criticizing <laughs> Paul, do better, Paul. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I, my longing is for yes. more ex- exposition of this. Mm-hmm. Isn't that always our longing, though? We always want to know, like, wait, what were you thinking? Like, well, what what's easier for one person? Yeah. Compassion comes easier for one person than it does for another. So, do you really believe that? I do. 
Absolutely. You think some people are just bent toward compassion naturally? Mm -hmm. Not naturally, no. I think they have. I don't. I don't know. That's a good question. Well, what do you think? I don't think. I don't. You think, think whatever Joni thinks. Joni, what do you, do you want to answer? No, Joni thinks whatever you think. So, so your answer right. covers both. That's right. I do think we're born with certain things, and as we as we grow um, in Christ. Those things that are already there, he he builds on those things. I think we change completely from where we were to um, be better and to do better, of course. Um, but I think those you can be born a compassionate person, and then through the redemption of Christ, I think that comes out more. He he expands on that more. Okay, I think it's like the nature nurture, like. I know, like, in education, they're always talking about, like, is it nature? Is it, like, their nature to do that? Or is right. it something that they've learned? Um, but I do feel like we're all born with different gifts. But some, like, that's nurtured more mm -hmm. in, you know, some families, maybe. I don't know. I'm Ooh, struggling with I'm the, getting looks from no, Jamie. No, <laughs> I try, no, no, no. I, you're, you are the education expert. You've won awards for crying out loud. You've got, <laughs> Joni is a bona fide <laughs> education all-star. So I just looked at whatever my teaching partner was doing. I just got <laughs> she got she, teacher of she the year. actually got teacher of the year the next year, so it's all good. Did what you get it the year after? I no, mean, no, like she got it after what, me. So. What are we learning today? I got to find out what they're doing what next door. That's right. <laughs> oh, I'm having way too much fun with that. But, but I don't want to argue the point. I'm, I'm going to explore it. This idea of, so if you're, some are born... Let's pretend some are born more compassionate. Does that mean some may be more? Some may be born more with a proneness toward malice or wrath. If we go backwards, I think some of us are born with qualities and personalities and characteristic traits, nature, nurture, or choice that may appear to be more compassionate. Um, speaking as a people pleaser. People might Enneagram think, number three. Well, I was I've <laughs> been dancing around <laughs> not saying the word. I see your pen, I see your pentagram on your phone over there. Um, but there are certain Enneagram types who are very servant minded, but in the egoic or the non Christ centric state, it's self motivated. I'm trying to gain my worth by being a servant. And so it may appear to be compassion or it may appear to be something when it's they're trying to meet their own needs, mm -hmm. whereas a Christ follower, a redeemed person, it's going to be a genuine flow of his power through them. And, and it may look similar, but it's going to be very humanly limited right. in, its, in its power. It's, it's going to be like anything else. It's going to need, you have to do it again. Have to keep, right. keep doing it. So, would you use the language that when we become Christ followers, our natural predisposition, perhaps if we have it toward compassion, is supercharged? It becomes more uh, authentic, mm -hmm. I think. Motives, the yeah. motives selfish change. motives are not there. All um, right, all right, all right, all right. Let me push because I'm. Does that mean someone who's not a Christ follower can't be compassionate? No. 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 I don't think so. And we have to be. You sure? You have good people well, that aren't Christians. For those of you who, Daryl's bobbing his head yeah. up and down like, I don't know. Yeah. 
Um, I, it depends I don't know on what either. Enneagram they are. Well, <laughs> it, it, I'm fascinated by this. I do not intend to go this direction with my thoughts, but Misty brought it up, and so we blame her. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> if I'm born this way, then Paul doesn't need to instruct me to be this way. I, I think that compassion, I think we have predispositions. Certainly we're all born different, different temperaments, different personalities. I'm not arguing that we're born this. When we're born, we're not a blank slate. We're born with certain things built, baked into the cake. But I really do believe that as we follow the teachings of Christ and live in community, we learn compassion. Well, and it's from our um, upbringing, our environment, what we've been through. But even if your upbringing isn't good, Right. Right. Even if you grew up in a horrible home or. Um, and I can attest to that. I mean. Or you're absolutely. the kind of person who walks the dog to the park when it's too and hot. With his burn feet. <laughs> <laughs> we can learn compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. I think the Holy Spirit guides us, mm -hmm. but we right. can learn those things mm -hmm. and develop those attributes regardless of what kind of a mean, hard-hearted person you might have been beforehand. Right. Some of that's redemption. Mm -hmm. But I have seen some people get redeemed and saved, and I have no reason to question their salvation, but they never actually embrace compassion. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and compassion, to me, if I understand it correctly, the word passion is attached to it in its roots, the idea of suffering, passion of Christ, the suffering. Um, Come meaning with, so with passion, with suffering. Ooh, I love it when you do Latin. <laughs> <laughs> More to suffer with. And so in my mind, the truest definition of compassion is to sit with someone in their suffering, not try to fix it, not try to run from it, not try to protect yourself from it, but literally just be with them in their pain. And that, in my mind, requires a deep sense of your own knowing yourself you because it it's it's uncomfortable and so you have to have a strong sense of identity to truly have a deep sense of compassion i think well and compassion um, just because like daryl you may be a very compassionate person which you are um <laughs> depends on what day of the week it is you know <laughs> um, before or after coffee <laughs> <laughs> the next person you know jamie you know you're what well, you be careful <laughs> what am i what am you're i just, you may just Go have on. to work at and I'm not this is not true you're very compassionate but you may have to work at compassion more than Daryl but then you're you know you may be more kind-hearted than Daryl some things not, come easier which, yeah thank you Joni I said all that to for you to say oh, that's fun I've got the list in front of us here what, what? But, hey before we go to that list though wait, wait, okay I'm I'm hung up a little bit on um verse 12 like before the list so put on then as God's chosen ones. Mm -hmm. Like, who does God not choose? Oh, big can of worms here. <laughs> How far Listen. down the election <laughs> rabbit trail do you want to go? The NET um, says like the elect of God or the favorite of God. Mm -hmm. I kind of like that. Like the <laughs> God's favorites. God plays favorites. Maybe I don't know. Nope, wrong rabbit trail. <laughs> Never mind. Let's keep on going. So let's talk about your deep embedded Calvinism. <laughs> 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 
But I, I don't know. I just see that someone who isn't a Christ follower might read this and say, they probably wouldn't read this, but they might, they might. hear this, they might, and say Non-believers like... believers read the Bible all the time. Yeah, well, that's true. Sometimes they know the, know the ins and outs and the history really well. Um, but the as God's chosen ones, like why did why are these words used? Well, chosen ones is an interesting thing. What I, I think is interesting is the way he phrases it. So put on then as God's chosen ones. Uh, it's not since you are God's chosen ones. It's put on as God's chosen ones. It reminds us of that kind of language. Um, I think Peter uses, you know, you're, you're a royal priesthood. Uh, so we, we live this way um, that's special and holy. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it, more like reminding you of your identity, not... It's not, de- I think that's a good way of putting it. It's, de- it's not determining our identity. It is saying you are to live this way if you want to follow the, the patterns and the the life that Christ has called you to. So li- if I would say, live as a, um, let's, let's pick something ridiculous. If you're going to be a vegetarian, then you have to live as a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. You can't say, I'm a vegetarian, and what do you have for lunch? Steak. Bacon. You know, bacon. It doesn't work. Now, I'm not beating up vegetarians. I've got people in my family who are one, and on Mondays I don't eat meat. All I'm just saying, if you're going to live that lifestyle as a vegetarian, you've got Walk to do certain tall. things. Yeah. And I think that's how he uses yeah. As one of God's chosen ones, you've chosen right. this. Yes. And you're going to live as say. one of God's chosen yeah. ones. This is how you have to act. Yes. Well, and even to tie that into the compassion side of things and the Enneagram side of things, to take um, the, the, the number two is the one that keeps popping in my mind. You're a number two. Um, they <laughs> can often appear to be the most um, servant-minded because they are very servant uh, servant-minded people, but in their atten- when they're when they don't know their identity and they're trying to gain their worth through serving, it's actually the vice is pride, mm-hmm. because they're trying to make themselves valuable on their own. Once they understand their identity in Christ and who they are, then those same acts of service are are done, but they're done from humility, and so it's. It's not about the action itself as much as the identity of who you are. Um, Mufasa, remember who you are. Um, <laughs> knowing who you're right. He, he did the hand gesture and everything. Remember who you are. I can't, I can't get low this morning. So. <laughs> voice. Get low. Nobody can do get James low. Earl Jones. <laughs> James Earl Jones can do but James Earl Jones. Jones. <laughs> well, and it's a lifestyle. You know, being a Christ follower is not just a... Today I'm gonna uh, have, I'm having a good day and you know temptations aren't coming at me so and then tomorrow's different you know it's a lifestyle of consistency and you know that persistence that in our lives that we are gonna make the the choices to um, walk that that walk if well, we're gonna say it then walk it. And I think he, in both the last week and this week's, he uses the um, metaphor of clothing. Mm-hmm. And so last week he's like, take off. Did he say take off? I put, think put he off. put on and put, put off. off. Yeah. Right. And so. And then here he gets more explicit. It's like the, the clothing I'm wearing, I'm wearing it so that people will recognize me by my clothing. 
mm -hmm. uh, the external. And then here it's almost like saying, quit worrying about how you look or not how you look, but worrying about the clothing. But when you put on love and compassion and these things, it's not about the clothing so much. It, that totally did. It made more sense in my head <laughs> than it came out my mouth. But Let's try this. <laughs> we wrap ourselves like a cloak mm -hmm. around. We wrap these attributes, these characters, these virtues around ourselves mm -hmm. so that our whole being is um, protected, warmth, uh, covered, um, um identified yeah. uh, by these virtues, um, not as fashion statements, but as when, when we are uh, in the world, this is what is the first impulse people well, get from what us. What do we represent? Who are we representing? Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's kind of all that it boils down to. I almost feel like it's also like the clothing yourself is like covering up what's human nature, covering up that greed or that selfish ambition or and all of those things. So you're covering those things up. So the like to me, it really paints a picture of we're we're changed. We're when I was translating verse mm -hmm. 12 and I went this way, um, I'm probably going to post this this week at my blog if anyone's interested. Uh, all, all one of you. Listening. Shameless plug right there. Uh, JamieGreening.com, the Pastor Green Bean blog. Uh, I was blogging before it was cool, and I blogged when it was cool, and now nobody blogs, but I still do it. But my, my, my rendering is, as the chosen, holy, and beloved people of God, therefore display gut feelings of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and long-suffering patience. And then here's, as if they were clothes wrapped around your body. Mm -hmm. so that's, that's kind of the... It's this pulling of an outer garment, mm -hmm. I think, around us. Um, it's a good image. But now we have the list. Uh, I, I think you can start at verse 10 and move all the way to verse 17 and get a bigger list of virtues. In other words, what I'm saying, what I present to you is the virtues are not just the few listed in verse 12, right? It's not just compassion, hearts, kindness, humility, patience. But it goes all the way down to uh, whatever you do in work or in deed. These are all virtues. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I made a list here. with um, You guys check my list. Knowledge, um, if you include verse 12, multicultural, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, uh, tolerance, or patience. Those, those words kind of are interchangeable. Forgiveness, love, peace, thankfulness, scripture, a dedication to scripture, wisdom, and hard work. What, what, which one of those stand out to you most? Any of them? I circled multicultural. Verse 12. Uh, uh, 11. That's verse 11. Yes. Um, we're going to talk more about that, I think, in a few minutes. But what, what, why did that actually grab me? I, well, I did it about 5.30 this morning, and so I don't remember, actually. <laughs> but I think it had to do with some of maybe why we're going to talk about it in a minute as well. Um, a lot of just the divisions and the, the things going on in our world and our country right now. 
um, but just in general of how quick we are to identify with groupings, um, whether it's a sports team, and then how quickly by being a part of a group, we define ourselves by wh who we're against. Mm. And I see what Paul is saying here is he's saying as a follower of Christ, you're, you're, you're kind of beyond all of those groupings. Uh, I don't want to say above, that sounds too uh, arrogant, but, but your identity doesn't come from a culture, a race, a grouping, or whatever it comes from Christ mm -hmm. that should kind of supersede that, and it should supersede how you look at other people mm -hmm. as far as not trying to put them in a group or category. So let's let's just say the idea that multiculturalism, that, that's a term, I'm, it's a modern term, but I think that's what he's talking about in verse 11, that that's a virtue, not a vice. I mm -hmm. think there are some who would say mm -hmm. it's, it's a, a vice. vice. Yeah. Mm. Right. Uh, you have to be yourself, be true to your own kind. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we're in it for us and no one else. Mm -hmm. It's our tribe, not your tribe. Uh, that There's winners and losers in the world, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And we want our people to be the winners. Whereas Paul would say, no, no, no. The virtue is in rep representing as many people as possible in, mm -hmm. in as big of the groups. Inclusive. That's Inclusive. difficult because what we have now is far more groups. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like the or the one that bothered me or I guess got to me the most was the tolerance and patience that was one. Mine. Mm -hmm. that was, why was it yours? Because I think you have to, ch and I'm speaking for myself, I have to choose what I'm going to tolerate. And I think that what may be... Um, easy for me to tolerate is not going to be easy for somebody else to tolerate. Um, like we talked about before, you know, our convictions are all different. And although we are different and Christ makes each one of us unique, our foundation is the same. And we are all in him because he is in all things. So that's what knits us together. But there are certain things that I'm just, I'm not going to tolerate. And Joni and I talked about it a while back when this COVID stuff was, you know, not that it's gone, but, you know, kind of at the beginnings of it, we said, you know, there's just certain things that we've learned about ourselves that God has taught us that we're just not going to put up with. We're just cutting it out. You mm -hmm. know, do you remember that conversation mm -hmm. that you and I had? And, and she's exactly right because there's just certain things I've learned that I'm just, I'm not going to do mm. if I feel like that's not the direction that the Lord wants me to go in. And if, if I get that gut feeling in my spirit that you're not this, no, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I think for me, um, it's just knowing what I'm, I'm going to tolerate and what I'm not going to tolerate. And that's just, I mean, that's my personal, that's the one that stuck out to me. I think uh, that's a huge, so you're, you're drawing a distinction between he is not saying tolerate, um, me uh, being something I'm not supposed to be. Right. Uh, he is not saying you should be patient with someone who is intentionally belligerent. Mm -hmm. What he is saying is we should be patient with other people's growth curve. Yes. With other people's personality, mm -hmm. uh, with other people's temperaments, and, and allow them their space. Mm -hmm. To grow, we always want other people to have the exact same experiences with God that we do. Right, and that's not the case. <laughs> and the exact, it's never the it's case. Not, yeah. No, the four of yeah. us here are all committed Christ followers, but none of us have 
the same experiences yep. of how we got there. And because you don't believe what I believe doesn't make but you wrong. Yeah. You were so wrong. Well, it's, it's the difference between expectation and expectancy, a noun and a verb. Well, I'm not. Hopefully, I'm not expecting. <laughs> I didn't say expecting. I said expectancy. Um, Worst book I ever read. We put we put expectations on people. That means there's a standard we want them to attain. Whether as we put expectancy, we look at people with expectancy. One is about a goal, and one is about movement or growth if you mm -hmm. will forward motion so to speak and learning from from my own looking at my own life a lot of times the growth for me it was almost two steps backwards mm -hmm. I had to learn by making the mistake first and yeah. had somebody been there to point a finger in my face and say you evil horrible bad person I might have been a little bit more resistant and said well forget it I'm just going to stay here and be wrong in my wronginess right um, yeah, that as sounds a lot like humility as, yeah, and as opposed to grace, people that offer you mm -hmm. grace because they understand, they say, yeah, I've, I've struggled as I've, well. Yeah. Then that helps pull you back forward again. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of my way of seeing kind of tolerance. That's a good way of saying it. That's a good, really good way of saying it. Do I need anyone to stand up to you? Um, well, the definitely the above, the verse 14, and above all, put on love, put, uh, and above all of these, put on love. And so I feel like, the love is just what connects it all together. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was interesting he used perfect harmony because I think perfect harmony like gives us this like sunshine and rainbow like everything's going to be perfect, um, but it's but it's more of a bond. It holds and, it together. And love is what it holds it, holds it, together. it together. Right. Uh, so uh, if he's talking about the community of believers then it can't be held together with anything else other than love. Mm -hmm. That's what holds it together. That's mm -hmm. the glue. You have these component parts, individuals, personalities, and you, and you have meekness and you have compassion, but that's not what holds it together. It's, it's our it's love for love. one another mm -hmm. yeah. that holds it together. To help each other, build each other up, and not to tear each other down. You know, And that's where all these things and the knit together, talking about the love holds all things together, you know that verse back at the beginning mm -hmm. of Colossians. Chapter one, yeah. yeah, it talks about knit together. And mm -hmm. I, that, that brought that to mind to me. Can, can I go on record as, as saying, um, nope. we, we had, we had mm -hmm. our Zoom business meeting last night. And just as we wrapped up, as you always do, with five things um, we're grateful for, or five gratitudes, um, several were said that just reminded me of fellowship being, in, in the most part, in my you know, 10 years here, has been held together with love. Mm -hmm. um, ministry can be hard um, with trying to hold your own life together and then kind of trying to lead other people. Um, and it can get tense at times and stressful. And I almost, well, I did. Y'all didn't see it because I was probably, as a three, hiding it. Um, <laughs> but last night as we were wrapping up the Zoom, I, I got emotional. Um, at one or two of the comments, the encouraging comments mm -hmm. that were said because it just felt so affirming and it felt like it brought us back to, yeah, we're talking about budgets, we're talking about staff, we're talking about uh, nominations and stuff, but ultimately we're a family, mm -hmm. we're connected through love, and I felt that, and I have, I feel that a lot um, with this group of people that we call fellowship, mm -hmm. and I just, just think we're 
pretty not not perfect, but we 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 tend to come back to that and do a pretty good job of it. It's yeah. an amazing group of people. Yes, um, and we found it that way. I mean, that's Joni. You've been here as a member a long time. Daryl, you've been here a decade. Wow, you are old. <laughs> I feel it. Misty and I are relative newcomers. We found it that way. I mean, it was already amazing before well, I, I ever too. got here. It was in the DNA. Mm-hmm. I mean, in mm-hmm. many regards, it was just part of now we're, fellowship. We're chasing some of those ecclesiastical rabbits here, but I've, and I've often wondered what makes this church so unique, because it is unique. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's different from any mm-hmm. other congregation I've ever been a bit part mm-hmm. of. And I think a lot of it has to do with most of us have been hurt yes. mm-hmm. at church. And... We, this is almost a refuge. I mean, I love the name fellowship, but if refuge, mm. yeah. <laughs> this church will be a good one too. <laughs> it's a place we all kind of run to spiritually and emotionally. And because we've all been hurt, no one wants to really hurt anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, mm-hmm. and you know, we did kind of a, I don't know, surveys, too formal of a word a few years back. We're not that organized. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we talked about the fact that people, you know, why are you here? What drew you here in the word home? coming up and when I think of the word home I think of uh, although there are a lot of dysfunctional homes um, I think of home as a safe place Mm -hmm. and the prodigal son when he returned he returned home and he returned home to uh, welcome and and safety and love and I think you're exactly right about the refuge that a lot of the people here have been heard and maybe they were trying one more time and they came in here and they they felt something different because it felt like okay maybe I'm I'm coming back home Mm -hmm. and um, I feel like that's where we are with verse 13 the bearing with one another and forgiving Mm. it's kind of like the how on the list I feel like I don't know I feel like these other things are the the what but the the bearing and forgiving is the is the how Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm -hmm. bearing and forgiving it's those are those are both powerful words the 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 bearing kind of feels like so this person is a a a gruff person but we're going to bear it and then when this mean gruff person says something negative about me i'm going to forgive it yeah so it's it's two it's a pivot Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but then the love is what brings it exactly the reason you do it Mm -hmm. is because you love him loving yes Uh, he may be an honorary coot but you love him Mm -hmm. Uh, this word compassion I find fascinating as well. Um, Splunka oiktiramu. Bless you. <laughs> that sounds like a great dessert, like tiramisu. <laughs> <laughs> it's not time for snacks yet. Oh, man. We just had breakfast. Um, this is compassion. This, that that uh, gut feeling. Uh, we, we always use the word heart as the center of our, you know, when you mm-hmm. give Valentine's, be mine, what the heart. They still make those candies, those awful oh, yeah. those are chalk. Those are good. No, they have messages on them. Do not diss the chalk candy. The be mine, you know, those hold my good. hand. Yes. Um, now they say, like, hashtag be. text me. <laughs> they taste like um, Rolaids. Yes. <laughs> they have the exact same. Hey, I like Rolaids. <laughs> That's what we're having for snacks. What is it? Is it fruity Rolaids or Valentine candy? Which one is it? I don't know. They're all made of the exact same factory. (laughs) Shocking those things out. Some are round, some are hearts. No wonder during February I don't ever get heartburn. (laughs) 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 So many. 
February just gives me heartburn, so maybe it's the, I don't know. Oh, my soul. Where am I at? I'm talking about the heart versus the gut. Heart of mercy. We think of the heart as the seat of our feelings, but in the ancient world, a lot of times, Splunka, Oikspirmu, it's your gut feeling. It's that, um, that, that feeling of empathy that rolls around inside your stomach. And the ancients often thought of that as the seat of our emotions. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, I have a gut feeling about it. Mm-hmm. That's the root of that. Um, so this, I love you with all my intestines I love would be you. appropriate. Or my gut. <laughs> my colon <laughs> loves you. <laughs> but don't, we do. don't use that in your vowels. <laughs> I'm just saying, Daryl. Not a good idea. Sometimes poetry is better than literally. Yeah. Well, well, you say that, but how much better is this bloody organ muscle pumping here than, than at least my intestines? You know, it's, things come and go. Um, oh, you see where this has led. That, that's more of a Hebrew idea, right? That I that I feel things in my gut, and so if we're gonna if we're gonna have that gut connection with people, um, as um virtue, then that means we have to think more with our feelings than with our head, which is for me very difficult because mm-hmm. I want to overanalyze everybody. Mm-hmm. I want to put everyone, whether they, whether they know it or not, you're on the couch, buddy, and I am just going <laughs> through everything you just said to me, and I am parsing it out. I want to know what your motives are, and I'm thinking everything through. But Paul's impetus here is we need to have compassion toward people, to feel it, mm-hmm. to feel where they're at, to to look at life from their perspective, mm-hmm. uh, which is not always easy. Mm-hmm. And empathy. Don't you think those two go together, the compassion? Absolutely. And the empathy. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to, you know, passion has the same root as empathy, that mm-hmm. pathos, that, that that's all rooted in together. Yeah. To have, to feel what someone else feels. Mm-hmm. And I think... You mentioned earlier all the divisions in our world. One of the reasons we are so divided, uh, religiously, politically, uh, we can't get our, our, um, our, our racial equality straight in our country, is because most of us will not stop long enough to try and imagine what life is like for someone else. Right. Mm-hmm. And it so doesn't have to be just in that moment, but <clears throat> I know it's, for me, I, I have to imagine what these people have been through up until that moment exactly. that they're being judged. It's well, not just that one day. It's all this time before that they've had to go through to get to where they're at is why they're making these decisions. You know? well, I think it's, I'm going to coin a term here. I don't think it's a term, but the hashtag effect. It's, you know, I want to ha- <laughs> I want a hashtag <laughs> so that it'll go viral and it becomes this collection. And so hashtag this, your hashtag here. <laughs> <laughs> your hashtag um lumps it all together and so you again we're back to the you see a grouping of people well then you can dehumanize them and you can say well this group thinks this way and this group acts this way Mm -hmm. as opposed to like misty's saying see them as humans as people and and yeah maybe they're a part of a different group but even in that group there are a million different individuals who have stories who have backgrounds who have families who have hurts who have losses and things like that mm-hmm. exactly I, I think that that and there there comes compassion compassion is i feel that i have empathy for you know to use where we're at um, people protesting in the streets because they and their ancestors have systematically been uh, 
put with a, a, sometimes a metaphorical or very real heel on their head uh, to keep them down. Mm -hmm. And they have felt the words. They've seen the stares. They've been profiled. So all that leads into why they're doing what, what they're, they're doing. doing. Yeah. So compassion, but also compassion is you understand the person who sees all these angry people in the street and is afraid mm -hmm. and wants them just to go away and doesn't understand because their experiences are, oh no, there's a mob outside right. and they're going to hurt us. I think it's really important too to remember like sympathy and empathy are completely different. Sympathy means I'm here, I'm in this with you. Like we're, we're in this together. Em sympathy, empathy is I'm with this, oh, this I'm with not, you yes. in it. I'm with you in it. Sympathy is, oops, sorry. Sorry that you're in that pit right. of despair. Here's your pat on the head. Right. Yeah. Can I clarify that for you? Sure. Here's some flowers. <laughs> Sympathy is, I hate that you're going through that. That's terrible. terrible. Mm -hmm. Empathy is, I'll have what you're having. Yeah. How can I help you? Can yeah. I, how can I hey. walk through that with see? you? See? See what I'll, I did? I yeah. see what you did. <laughs> Empathy is, I want to feel what you're feeling. So will you eat a meatloaf taco if I eat a meatloaf taco? Not feeling it. I'm not. There's no. Only if you have this terminal condition that requires you to do it as a form of healing and medication, then he might. I think I would choose death. <laughs> Sorry, Joni. We're both going down Can together. Can the taco minus the meatloaf? Can cancer may kill me, but I ain't going to have that as my taste buds. Um, the la your last meal? The last thing I eat will not be a... A meatloaf taco, taco covered in Heinz not 57. Not very compassionate. No, no, I feel no. like the Heinz 57 is like the love that sticks it all together. <laughs> <laughs> I love ketchup, but you know, I really developed the, the Whataburger spicy ketchup. Mm. Oh, they sell that by the gallon. I love it. It's sweeter. <laughs> and H-E-B. You like sweet ketchup? Mm -hmm. I don't hate the spicy. I just I prefer the standard Whataburger. I, I, I do like their ketchup. I've always liked Sorry that. I derailed us. I'm spicy. <laughs> um... Kindness. Kindness is fun. He says we're supposed to be kind. Um, Hashtag don't be a jerk face. Don't be a jerk don't face. That's a sermon series a coming up later. Um, the, it's hard to know what he means by kindness. Like, How is that different than compassion? Couldn't this mean goodness? In Romans... Kindness, Lord. Yeah, yeah, kindness... Um, in Romans is contrasted with severity. Mm. And sometimes we can get a really good handle on what a word means by how Paul will use it somewhere else in contrast. So here he says goodness, and he may mean the exact opposite of severity. What is severe? What is severe? Extreme. Extreme is severe, yeah. Are you asking for a definition? I'm, I, yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm just playing with the words. So, if kind, if we're supposed to be kindness, we're clothe ourselves with kindness, and it's the, the opposite of that is severe. Then how can I know? Well, what is severe? What mm -hmm. is severity? And you say extreme. I think that's a really good definition for severe. I feel like severity reminds me of like sever, like. When you draw things apart, I'm sure it probably has no, none of the same roots. But I'm feeling like that, like the when you sever, like when you when you break stuff apart, where kindness would build. I don't know for together. sure, but it makes sense to me that to sever is to cut. To isolate. And a severity would be I'm gonna I'm so far to this place where mm -hmm. I have cut off others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. What well, makes me think of zero tolerance? 
zero tolerance policies. I, I understand the intent behind those, and I think there's value in them, depending on what the context is. But I've seen and heard situations where something was a punishment was imposed that didn't fit the crime, so to speak, but because of that severe, uh, extreme zero tolerance, tolerance policy, it left no wiggle room. It separated the action from the individual, so to speak. And although it may help collectively, it seems like there's a lot of specific cases where it can create more damage. Um, and I'm, I'm not speaking pro or con for a zero tolerance policy on whatever the topic may be. I'm saying I can see how that type of a severe policy can create um, problems, I guess, so to speak. Oh, absolutely. More harm mm -hmm. than good. Yeah. Then there's humility and gentleness. Um, these are words that uh, um, kind of go together. What I find interesting is Paul puts these on his list. Virtue lists were common in the ancient world. I don't mm -hmm. know if we talked about this last week, and I've slept since then. But um, uh, the Cynics and the Stoics and the Epicureans and the philosophers and the Sophists, all these people had their virtue lists and their vice lists. And some of the, what you'll see in Paul's writings mimic some of those. But what you don't see is humility and gentleness because mm -hmm. those were not virtues that anybody thought were worth something. In fact, they would not have thought they would. They would have thought gentleness and humility, those are, those are bad. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be gentle with your enemy. Mm -hmm. You don't be, you don't be uh, weak. Maybe showing a sign of weakness. Yeah, you, yeah. you don't want to just be weak with people. You have to yeah. be strong and powerful. Yeah. But Paul turns that upside down and says, no, if we're going to follow Christ, we're going to be humble. Mm -hmm. And we've got to be gentle. Mm -hmm. And those are hard concepts for us. Mm -hmm. I don't think that gentleness comes easily to Americans no. in the West. No. Well, and I think, too, we, like you said, we see meekness, humility as weakness. But I think when you understand true humility and true kindness, it, it requires a little bit more internal fortitude um, than we may let on. And, and I think flying off the handle or arrogance or the opposite of those is actually a, a, an easier pathway. It requires a lot less self-control, self-discipline. Right. You have to make an effort. Mm -hmm. at, yeah. Well, I think that you're right. And yeah. we have to remember these, both these words are used to describe of Jesus mm -hmm. who, you know, um, you, the world would say, why didn't you stand up for yourself? Why didn't you argue with Pilate and defend your actions? Why didn't you... Um, claim your innocence before the chief priest. Uh, why did you, if you had a, a, a legion of angels at your disposal, why would not you have not have used them to save your, those have been acts of power and strength, but yet what you're talking about, we see the real strength is restraint. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the real strength, that where you have the, the ability to say no, the long-term view see beyond the cer immediate circumstances. Yeah. So Christ laid down those rights for our benefit, which goes back to love and compassion mm -hmm. and empathy. There's a greater purpose. Um, I feel like with humility, it's it's seeing myself as less so that Christ is seen as more. Yes. Mm. Yeah. My favorite definition yes. is humility is not thinking of yourself less. It's thinking less of, of yourself. yourself. No, wait. Yeah. I said it backwards. You it's not thinking less of yourself. 
It's humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself so less. less. Yeah. yeah, what he said. I'll have that. <laughs> oh, and we do have to work at that, you know, because it is hard. We There are a lot of times that, you know, you do want to be seen first and you do want. Yeah, that was my idea. That was all me, you know, and there's times that we do have to. Shut up, Misty. You know, I talk to myself all the time. <laughs> Fix your face, Misty. Don't look like that. <laughs> well, that's where masks have been helpful. Yes. No one can see exactly. the scorn on my lips. The but they can still, you know, hear you growling. What's you the, the, the praise and worship song? We always sing, um, it's all about me. <laughs> and all this is for me. And if you would do things my way. Well, and, and something I heard a while back that, that kind of I had to go, hmm. Is, is a sense of false humility. Things that make you go, hmm. Yes. Um, you know, a lot of times people are acting humble. Oh, I'm just lowly, poor, yeah. sinner saved by grace. I'm, I'm a worm. I'm worthy. Yeah. Which, in essence, that's still pride because you're still focusing on yourself on and making it about how bad you are. To see you. It's like yeah. uh, I used to know someone who, who really pressed the verse um, in John. It said... Um, he must increase and I must mm-hmm. decrease. John the Baptist. Rather, and what they what they did with that verse was they would they would then say, okay, how can I decrease? And the energy was all in how can I make myself less? And I was like, well, where's God and all of that? As opposed to how can I get out of just get out of the way and let God, God. be bigger? Because yeah. we can turn humility into arrogance mm-hmm. without even realizing right? it. You know, yeah. that's where I was working this weekend on a sermon on the Bible, which I'm preaching in a couple of weeks. And one of the problems is we not a sermon from the Bible, which I hope is a weekly occurrence, but a sermon <laughs> specifically known, on them. I've been known to use the Bible. Um, the um, a lot. The no, it's about about the, about the Bible, our mystery series, yeah. and um, one of the things that we do is we, we take verses out of context. Mm-hmm. And think about that context. John the Baptist there is saying, "I must decrease; he must increase." That's that's where people are coming to John the Baptist and saying, "Hey." People are leaving you and following Jesus. Mm-hmm. Your, your, your market share of RPs, religious people, mm-hmm. here in the Transjordan area is decreasing because McJesus has moved in on your Burger King. Uh, and so you're going. what are you going to do about that? And his response is, well, that's fine. I don't care. That's part, I'm not, of part of the plan. That's part yeah. of the plan. I'm not in this for more followers. Yeah. I'm in this to make sure that God's will is done. Yeah. That, that's what that means. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. anything about um, I'm not important right. or I don't have a role to play or I'm not significant. It's about accepting the limitations on your influence mm-hmm. because God has something else mm-hmm. uh, working. I'm all anyway. about my father's business. Yeah, exactly. More John. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to hijack this particular. <laughs> Do you want me to help you off that soapbox? <laughs> well, I'm going to move to peace. How about we move to peace? Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Um, my favorite aspect here, let's see, what verse is that? It's 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Um, is the word rule. It's a fun word. Uh, it's the same word used. Uh, and it's hard to know if Paul was using it this way or not, but it was used of like an athletic competition. Mm-hmm. When the judge would have to judge if someone was foul or had committed a, they had athletics, athletes back then. It's the same as like an umpire now or a referee. 
You, you may argue, I was watching about five minutes of basketball, NBA basketball, with no one in the stands. With the fake stands. That was, <laughs> I was like, ooh. It was kind of nice, though, because um, as a TV watcher, they got much closer camera angles. At times, I felt like I was right there on the court. I was like, mm-hmm. I can smell him. Uh, <laughs> the smell of vision. The, um, that was just your dog. Scratches. What was I saying? Anyway, so it's always been a pet peeve of mine. What actually is traveling in the NBA? (laughs) Right? Does that even exist? If you if you don't follow basketball, you're not supposed to take more than two steps without dribbling the ball, which they enforce it pretty good in college basketball, right? It depends on how famous you are. I think, (laughs) but. I don't even think it exists. I just I'm waiting for someone just to grab the ball and walk all the way up the court with it and just throw it down. Because that's pretty much. But the referee's job is to call when the foul has mm-hmm. been made. So if you take that word here and apply it as a rule uh, appropriations or a judge in that way. So when you when you have to make a decision about something, the guideline should not be right or wrong. And the guideline should not be what you can get away with. The guideline is what makes for peace, which is completely different than the way we're wired. Mm -hmm. We're wired to make decisions based upon absolute right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And that sounds scriptural, right? That's the God-given way. But actually, Paul is arguing for a different way here. Let your decisions be based upon what creates the most peace, the harmony, because the harmony and the unity in the body, that's what's important. Mm-hmm. Your own personal um, desires, irrelevant. Don't matter. Yep. Uh, in this regard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I and just find that fascinating. And it says, let the peace of Christ. In, 16, in 316, let the word of Christ mm-hmm. dwell. Mm-hmm. So it's like allow. So it's... We have that choice. I mean, it's there, but we're the ones that have to decide to use all these attributes to the, their full extent, you know, take advantage of everything that we've been given. And we have to choose to, you know, to use those things. Absolutely. I, I love the way that he says we're um, you were called in one body mm-hmm. and just thinking of like, like a church, the capital C church, and how sometimes it feels like we're all on different sides or competing, or mm. um, but like it's one body. Mm-hmm. You're not going to agree. You're not going to get along all the time. But all of these things, the love binds you together mm-hmm. as one mm-hmm. body. Absolutely. Now moving forward uh, with this list, I'm gonna I'm rearranging what we're doing here a little bit. Um, so this let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. For me, once you get to verse 16 and 17, we're talking about worship now. Mm-hmm. He's made a natural jump from peace and one body and gratitude, which the word gratitude, thankfulness, Thankful. is yeah. connected to communion. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I give thanks, Eucharisto. Be thankful. Then we now so Thanksgiving, communion, the word of Christ, which is the teaching, preaching aspect. And even says teaching and admonishing one another, right? And then we get singing. Daryl, mm-hmm. what's the difference between a psalm and a hymn and a spiritual psalm? Mm-hmm. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think there is no difference. I think those are all synonymous. Well, I think if you look at some of the music that, that we sing today, the way we might categorize them would be a lot of certain songs are, uh, or some songs, maybe more in the contemporary uh, frame, are often more intimate, as in their, the languages I'm singing to God. It's almost like a prayer, as opposed to you take some of the hymns in the hymnal, and they're almost full of doctrine, and they're, they're theological, or they're about God, or about being uh, a, a Christian. And, and so it, sometimes it depends on the context of the language. Uh, easiest way I've heard that uh, worship broken down into is horizontal worship versus vertical worship. And horizontal is like, brethren, we have met to worship. I'm singing together with my, my fellow Christians, and we're singing about God. Maybe we're singing to God, but we're singing about what it means to be in brotherhood. It's more horizontal, whereas vertical is more about my individual connection to God, uh, so to speak. And that's kind of how I, one of the ways I've kind of looked at different types of What's your favorite? All of it. Um, one of the things that being a part of this church um, has helped me, I've never, I've, every church I've been a part of, even early on in my ministry, was when the worship wars were really beginning. Um, I served in the 5th Regiment during the worship <laughs> wars. <laughs> when dispatched wars. to East Texas. Some of the contemporary music we lost was, the Red River. was coming out. And, and that was right on the bubble when projection was coming in. You know, projection screens were of the devil. <laughs> and uh, so, therefore, the only thing you could sing was from the hymnal. And the hymnal that you had was, was um, um, oh, what's the term for the canon? Th that hymnal was canonized by <laughs> this group of Baptists or whatever. Uh, one of the, the, the 75 or the 91? Exactly. <laughs> and see, that's the, the another wrinkle you get into. Um, there's a book called Who's, you, Who Stole My Church. If you have a copy of the 1975 Baptist Hymnal, turn to number 20 right now. It'll make you laugh. <laughs> I don't remember. I have one in my office, but I don't remember what number 20 is. When God of Earth and Outer Space. Yes. I That's remember. a hymn. I remember that. <laughs> it's unsingable. <laughs> it's unsingable. We tried. Um... <laughs> You well, asked me what my favorite was, and, and my point was that being a part of this church... And my point was, get you off point. <laughs> you, you did. Succeeded. Um, we tried to... Um, I heard one guy say, um, uh, if you sing certain music, you'll make a certain group mad, and then, you know, my job is to make everyone mad and <laughs> sing it all. It's to, to honor and, and recognize all forms of of music and 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 uh, so to tolerate and to have multiculturalism to tolerate with with yeah. with the caveat of we're not going to sing things that are necessarily heretical or anything like well, that. well we have i've heard a we, few songs that well, i well and that's the irony of it is there's probably heresy in the actual <laughs> baptist hymnal oh yeah oh yeah form. it's it's <laughs> like every every third one but what happened <laughs> His on. Go like on. I see his, his eyebrows went up. <laughs> sweat beads formed on his forehead. <laughs> but in, in the book, praise of, for the record, praise and worship music is either just as bad or worse it, in again, terms of its heresy. Yeah, it's all over the place. I can't, I have a hard time. It's just, it's that combined with the hold me, love me, kiss me, thrill me, Jesus songs, you know, the... <laughs> I like those sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> one, well, see, one of the funny things that, that I Men learned... Men don't really like singing homoerotic songs. No, they don't. 
one of the things that I, I had to start laughing at was um, when people would say, we just want to sing the good old hymns. Mm -hmm. And so I would pick a few that were good old hymns, in my opinion. No, not those good old hymns. Well, which ones? And they'd make a list. And what I, what I learned is that so much of what an individual's, because music is very emotional. And so what this person over here means was, I want the hymn that I sang in my church, Methodist church, as a child. Or I want the, the song or the hymn that I, when I got saved as a 35-year-old in um, a uh, campus, or not going to be campus, but in, in a revival somewhere, this song stuck with me. And so it's even everybody's cat, when you use the word hymn, that even means which Different, hymn are you talking right? about? Yeah. And, and it's because it's very personal. Yeah. And, it takes um, you back to a specific mm -hmm. time and place. Yeah. The music. hymns that I grew up music singing are not the hymns that someone general. else grew up singing. It's in the same category as when you get married and your spouse cooks you something. Well, this isn't like mm. mom made it. Yep. Right? It's mm -hmm. the same. I want what I had yep. growing up. It's in the same. Paul says sing it all. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't care about beat, rhythm, meter, instruments. instruments. He, he just says this is a part of our worship expression. Mm -hmm. and I always struggle with that because music doesn't mean that much to me. I love to listen to music. But that's not that doesn't fill my worship cup at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, but he says you're supposed to do that. Well, and it's with the thankfulness in your heart. It's it gives the condition. <laughs> not bitterness. Don't no. <laughs> I'm gonna sing it, but I'm not gonna like it. Well, I'm not gonna know, look at the screen. Funny, funny story. Early on in my ministry, I was a little bit more. Stubborn? I can't brag <laughs> on that. <laughs> no. About music because there would be a new song and I would just fall in love with it. And um, the church I was at, there would be some pushback or some resistance. And I, well, I love this song. I love this song, whatever. And then I got so frustrated because people would be like, well, we don't like singing songs we don't know. We want to sing songs we don't know. Well, how do you ever learn a new song? And then I would do go. But then I would go <laughs> away to a youth or a worship conference, and a band would be up there, and they'd be presenting two or three new songs. And I found myself sitting in the audience. I don't know this song. Don't sing this one. Sing one I know. And it's like that same attitude. I was like, oops, hold There's on. There's a word it's called hypocrisy. <laughs> That's the word you're looking for. <laughs> That's funny. So let's, um, and then verse 17, of course, word or deed, I think this is the idea. This is the, the two things that ministry boils down to, mm -hmm. the words that we say and the things that we do. Mm -hmm. And we do it all. So our virtues are reflected in both what we say and what we do. And when, uh, and when our church, the church, a church, your church, the church body, Big C and little C church. Big C and little C, all of the above. When ever, when you're doing all these things and applying all these virtues, and that's what makes the the soil fertile for God to produce things and bring things and grow things is when everybody is working together. And yeah, and you're saying it and you're doing it. So yes. You can't just say I'm mm -hmm. compassionate. You actually have yeah. to go do some things that are compassionate. Yes. You can't just say, well, you know what? I am humble. <laughs> you have to, you have to Put show. it on a t-shirt. Read my well, shirt. This, this is, is the heart the mouth speaks. So if you're saying those things, it should be boiling up from your heart or your gut. But we laugh. Well, it's not. Mm -hmm. It's not a garment you're putting on in the form of I'm not performing. It's mm -hmm. a natural mm -hmm. state of who you are. And one of the things I wrote, it's um, I wrote, um, it's in character and de demeanor. Mm -hmm. So it's 
inside and outside. Mm-hmm. I think of the word reputation. Although the Bible says Jesus was a man of no reputation, um, I think of the word reputation in this context as in is your reputation. Do the people around you, would they use these words to characterize you on a consistent basis? Or is it just something you do when you're in certain mm-hmm. certain right. contexts? Integrity. I think that's true. Um, so it's a lot of people in trouble when they don't think anyone's watching. And of course, anyone who thinks that in our world today is is <coughs> not very bright because everyone's recording, everything. filming, <laughs> writing, and everything is somewhere recorded. I want to now kind of flip backwards. Let's re- rewind. Verse 11. I, w- I kind of wanted to put this all by itself. This is uh, one of those verses that really does speak to us in a lot of ways um, to our world. Here there is not Greek or Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Uh, It's a near parallel to a similar passage in Galatians uh, 3, where the Apostle Paul says something very, very similar. Uh, There's one difference, key difference, in that in Galatians he includes gender issues. Mm -hmm. There's neither male nor female. Uh, But here he leaves that out, and some have said, well, that's because um, he's not caring about women. Uh, I don't think that's true. I think that what he's doing here, though, is appealing to what may be the problems in the church at Colossae that he's heard, and they have these particular uh, problems. Um, or, you know, Greek and Jew also applies to Greek and Jew men and women. I mean, they're, they're all that way, so you have to apply both genders. But I, I look at these divisions, so the, for me, the Greek and the Jew division is religious and non-religious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the church, we have people who grew up with church backgrounds, and then we have people who did not grow up with church backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in church life, people who grew up with church backgrounds think that they're all it, mm-hmm. and that they have all the answers, and they have the right pedigree. I've especially run into this with people who their parents, their father, or their grandfather were pastors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've um, you I, I just it's been maybe it's maybe maybe it's a little too close to home. <laughs> uh, it's like a borrowed faith. It, it, well, it's it's a it's an entitlement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Grand grandpappy, pappy, my old man and me. We've all been pastors, so I have. And I'll point out the. We are all, God has blessed us with male children. From the line of Levi. From the line of, (laughs) we're all, and so, and I'm like, you know, my dad was a truck driver who raised tomatoes. I mean, I don't have the same pedigree, and so there is that kind of, well, we're just a, our people are just a little bit better than you. A different breed, yeah. Um, Well, you know, good thing Jesus came from the pedigree of carpentry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And you see this in national issues, too, when you have great leaders who do amazing things when they die, and then somehow we think that their children should automatically have the same right. giftedness right. that they do. Yeah. Well, that's just not how it works. No. I mean, my daughters, I love them, but they're going to express their own oh. giftedness and calling mm-hmm. and ministry. Mm-hmm. Then and we should want that. As parents, we should want that for our children. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I don't want them to 
Um, as I was saying, if I can talk them out of doing ministry, yeah. I will. Um, <laughs> circumcised and uncircumcised has that the elite and everyday folk idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'll show you yours if you'll show me mine. Well, I'm not showing you anything because I don't have that. Uh, this is the elite issue here, um, and I hate elitism um, in any way, shape, or form. That's why I have you, about four podcasts ago, you mentioned Harry Potter. That's my biggest problem with Harry Potter. And the whole thing is the elitism. Either mm-hmm. you're born with it or you don't. Mm. Some people just naturally have uh, it and others, yeah. you know. Which, and it's funny, even in, in the context of that, there's a subcategory of attempting to try and attack that very element of, mm-hmm. of division. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's kind of ironic. In the, in the Harry Potter world, as smart as Hermione Granger is, she'll never be as powerful or as important as Harry Potter because he was just born with it. Right. And that's the divine right of kings and princes mm-hmm. and monarchs all over again. And I go, I'm American. <laughs> uh, barbarians are, guess what a barbarian is? A foreigner. Uh, that's one word. Them foreigners. This is fun. I remember learning this. So I wrote down nomad. Oh, that's a good word. That's a good word. So the Greeks spoke Greek, and like we speak English, it's a pliable language. You can do all sorts of fun stuff with it. When foreigners would come in, they didn't speak Greek. And what the Greeks would say, all they hear them saying is bar, 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 bar. Yeah, like a caveman. Right. It's kind of what I think of. So you're a barbarian. You don't speak the language. Have you heard this before? Learn the language before you come. That's the division. That's exactly the division. Foreigner is a good term. People who aren't our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, fun one, huh? Scythians are mercenary soldiers. You can almost feel the crackle in the early church. A lot of early Christians were pacifists. They just they wouldn't kill anybody, join the military, anything. Yet, ironically, the gospel message spread into military. I mean, you look at the New Testament, Jesus is always talking to soldiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the book of Acts, you have uh, Cornelius. There's always these sorts of soldier beings around. Um, you can almost feel the crackle in the church between military men whose jobs were to kill people and those who said they were, were pacifists. We don't serve Caesar. So does that sound familiar at all mm-hmm. to some of the conversations we have in church today? And then the slave and the free. We're not going to talk about that at length, I don't think, today, because we're probably really late. Um, a, little, a little over an hour. A little over an hour. Well, in hour number three today, we're going to cover <laughs> uh, the... Um, we'll cover slave and free next week because it gets really exciting. But for here, we just want to highlight that um, in the socioeconomic idea in the church at Colossae, there were slaves and there were also their masters. Now, I don't want to go into detail here with we'll next week, but this is like going to church with your boss. Mm-hmm. And what Paul is saying that, okay, whatever dynamics are going on at the workplace, when you're in worship, mm-hmm. that distinction goes out the window. Mm-hmm. So you may be the boss at work, but your slave may be spiritually over you at church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a that's the dynamic there, um, which that happens a lot in small communities, where mm. you're at church with people who are yeah, and authority, authority over, over you. you. Well, in small communities, 
by definition, will be intimate, and you'll all know each other. And you, probably the reason why you came to that church or got involved in it to mm -hmm. begin with was because you knew someone from work mm -hmm. or you knew someone from your neighborhood. Um, these divisions, you mentioned, multicultural, I mentioned multiculturalism, and you mentioned the divisions. Um, I don't see Greek and Jew being a big problem. What are our big divisions today? Anybody? I think money and status. Money and status? Ooh, socioeconomic status. Mm -hmm. Well, when you're talking about barbarians and the language and foreigners, immigrants, people not like us, and, and exploring a little bit more of the world in my life and getting to travel to a different country. You're so fancy. <laughs> <laughs> um, reading more and... And, uh, and taking the lift. I've been taking the lift, been, been known to um, watch BBC. Um, <laughs> what I'm learning about uh, a lot of other, especially European people, is it's very common for them to speak two, three, four languages. And it, it, it's almost like it increases your ability to communicate as opposed to, if we're going to talk about language here, talk so I can understand you as opposed to, well, maybe I want to learn your language and be able to communicate with you instead of making it a, a barrier um, and, again, categorizing you. So I, mm -hmm. I don't know, just was something that popped through my mind. Language is a huge barrier. It is. I, just, I know when I worked at Walmart and I would tell people that I worked at Walmart and just the look on their faces. <laughs> was like Really? Yes. Kind of judgmental? Yes. Uh. And, you know, and it's people that and some people didn't know me, you know, it was just people that I had met moving here and whatnot. But then some people that I know that, you know, and I'd go back home to Coleman and, well, what are you doing now? Oh, I'm working at Walmart. And then you oh, can, like, what went wrong? hear cricket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was just so funny. Well, like, my, my senior year in college, I worked in the dining hall. And that was a big, humbling experience yeah. because you know food service restaurants pe i've heard people say uh, everyone should have to be a waiter at yeah. least mm -hmm. once you I, said I, that I think. everybody should work this is a personal belief everybody should work in the food industry at least once you can get i worked one day in the food industry <laughs> what'd you do <laughs> one day um i worked at a you kept serving people the same dish it was good enough for me it's good <laughs> enough for everybody that's right <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Like everybody wants the same thing, but yeah, it lasted one day, and what then I was do? like, what, uh, "What was it? What was?" Um, I was. It was at a little hotel or motel that was like a resort kind of thing, and it was in the pool area. And so they would come up and order their food, but then the I would have job. to. It is feeding. But job. I would have to cook it. So I was like, I would take the orders, and then I would cook it, and then I don't know. I just served like a few too many raw hamburgers. I didn't know how to cook. <laughs> but it was your first day. It was my first day. Everyone there was like zero last. training. <laughs> Everyone's horrible. Their first. My and the everybody first, was sick. The first sermon I ever preached was seven all. minutes. I mean, it was just. <laughs> but the next week I went and got a job at a daycare, and that was a good fit. So it was good stuff. <laughs> If you mess up a hamburger, if you mess up a hamburger, it's just a bad meal. You mess up someone's kid. That's horrible. Things can go terribly wrong. I didn't mess up anyone's kid. I know, yeah, the, maybe the consequences. I, know. I probably did mess up someone's huge. kid. But you, you like people will get more upset about their meal than with their kids. Yeah. Kid fell and skinned his knee. I wasn't paying attention. They'll be oh, he's fine. Mm -hmm. I may have put mayonnaise on this burger that you want to mustard. Yeah. Why? Yeah. They lose yeah. it. They go crazy over their food. That's yeah. So, socioeconomics. <laughs> Are you a Walmart person or not a Walmart person? I loved it. 
I loved working at Walmart. And, that, and, you know, it was my choice to work there because I wanted to meet people and I wanted to get out. It was right after we moved here. And so... Um, you were that you were that checkout person though that holds a conversation with you. It's yeah. like I can't get away from here. Yeah, you I were. would get in trouble. Yeah, I would be like, okay, Miss D, keep it. Down. You know, some people wanted to talk and some people didn't, so I had to really be in queue with who really wanted to be chatty with me and who was just wanting to get their stuff and get out. I, I'll just say that my kids and I would wait in your line a little bit longer than we had to, Aww. just so we could see you. It's because Misty only took care of five people an hour. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> She was not winning any awards, but you no. Know. Just run to Walmart. Yeah. No. Don't be no. Walmart for the day. Not if I was there. <laughs> I worked in a grocery store one time. It was really fun. Uh, it was the, probably the most enjoyable job I it ever was. had. It was. It was just, just enjoyable. enjoyable. You know, yeah. talking about this whole thing here in Colossians, and if you talk about service industry, um, the new category, essential workers, that we hear about, I think in a lot of those situations, that's when you actually get to see people's true colors, especially if they're inconvenienced. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, all of this that Paul is talking about sounds great if we're envisioning it in the context of a Sunday morning small group or worship service. Mm -hmm. But what about Friday or Wednesday morning, the day before Thanksgiving, and you forgot something and you got to go in the H E B. Then are you still wearing yes. <laughs> kindness and peace mm-hmm. and compassion and uh, or just any any season like that? Yeah. My uh, friend is a server, and she she posted yesterday on Facebook. She posted if um, if she said, "I wish I could video all of the church people in quotes." Mm. And um, send their videos back to their churches so their churches could see how they act after church. Mm. And so um, I was like, ooh. <laughs> yep. um, again, working in the restaurant industry, you will realize real fast that the worst people in the world are those who come to restaurants after mm-hmm. church on Sunday for lunch. They tip nothing. Yep. They treat people horribly. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. I've had... I, uh, Belle, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> she is a listener. She is she, probably she's, listening. She's like fan number three. Yeah. Um, the uh, she worked in a movie theater for a while, mm-hmm. and you know she had to deal with everyone coming in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, movie theaters have figured out that if you sell Christian movies, you get a market, mm-hmm. a built-in market, and so you have all these about every. About every April, <laughs> a wave of Christian movies would come out just in time for Easter. And she, she said, invariably, the worst customers, the meanest people, were the people coming to the Christian movies. Mm-hmm. And th- that gets back to what you're talking about. These, they just retreats people horribly. Um, so I am making a little list. So what if you read it like this? Um... I'm just making this up. Here in the church, there is not black or white. There is not masked or unmasked. There are no immigrants. There are no Republicans or Democrats. And there are no wealthy or those on government assistance. Mm. How would that role as an understanding in the church? I think we might feel a little bit more like the Colossians <laughs> felt when they read Paul's list. And I get worried because I, I'm in, in all these categories. I feel like I'm in 
every one of them a privilege. Mm -hmm. that, that troubles me as a Christ follower. I too closely identify with the privilege of power, um, and that's a problem. I think you forgot gender in that. I feel like gender equality is a great big. I agree, and I'm on the record. I am, this will be verse 18 next week. I'm a complete egalitarian. Um, but here he doesn't use male, right. female in this mm -hmm. one. But I agree with you. I think you could easily say there is no preferred I, I think gender. what you just said, that you identify and recognize that you are kind of what would be considered the more um, privileged category in each of these. I think that alone is an act of humility. Um, and it takes some introspection and some self-awareness to recognize, one, that there are divisions and be honest about it. Recognize um, as a white male, I am privileged. There are things that I have not had to deal with because I'm white and not black or, or brown, because I'm male and not female. Um, and so the first thing is I, I have to own that. But then I think where even Paul is taking us maybe a step further is to say when you act in kindness and tolerance and humility means, okay, how can I step out of that role and reach across to that other quote-unquote group? How can I bridge the gap? How can I tear down the division? Um, rather than just say, yep, it's there, tough luck, um, mm -hmm. but actually mm -hmm. be proactive um, in whatever God leads me to do with that. And this is our new self, right? Our verse, verses 10 and 11, this is our new self in which we don't, s these divisions, it's not that they're not real. There are still people who are people of color and people who are white, and there are still people who are wealthy and people mm -hmm. who are not. That doesn't change, but the way we treat each other in the way we look at each other, must be one from um, compassion, mm -hmm. kindness, a gentleness, mm -hmm. humility, and not what? Slander, mm -hmm. malice, mm -hmm. wrath. Anger. And if we have an issue right now, it is we are taking all of these divisions and we're feeding them not with kindness and goodness and gentleness. We're feeding them with wrath and anger mm -hmm. and slander and malice all across the board. Yep. And on that note. And tying everything in love. Like he's letting Christ be, you know, the everything in all. The beginning and the ending and the first and the last. And tying that all together in this beautiful, big, red, pinkish bow. And that's the perfect <laughs> way to end. Do you want to read us out, Misty, since you read it that way? You betcha. Read you us betcha. out. Thank you for listening. Please like, share, and comment this podcast on your favorite social media platform. Every click matters. You can also visit our website at fmf.life. We'll be back next week with Bible Talk from Under the Water Tower. 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 See you later. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That was awesome. Bye, y'all. Bye, everybody. Yay. Be nice. Be good. <laughs>